Welcome once again to the Mindful Fighters podcast. And on today's episode, we speak with the other semi-finalist of the MTGP Road to One Championship, Craig Coco Coakley. We train and we're starting to suffer a little bit because of the walk and college starting to pick up. So then I was like, right, I'm going to have to choose whether I want to do this or whether I want to do that. So I ended up obviously choosing the real wolf combat. It makes me want to walk harder because I know it's not just me anymore. You know what I mean? It's like this life isn't just for me anymore. I've someone to provide for now. So that is a whole different motivation. Like you can be motivated to fight, you can be motivated to want to win. But when you have someone there to do a for, it's completely different. You know what I mean? Any words or any message? Fanatic. Fanatic leading up to this fight, yeah? Well, just train well and come prepared. Uh, He's a nice young player. I wouldn't be wanting to smack talk anybody, but I am very confident in myself and I do believe I'm going to win the tournament. Not just beat Nate, I'm going to beat everybody. You know what I mean? And I'm going to do it in style. Craig talks about his upbringing on the rough streets of Dublin city centre and the sense of community there. The massive support of his brother and mentor. He talks about his journey from jiu-jitsu, then transitioning to Muay Thai and how this new passion became his alternative to going to college where he quit. We talk about his latest fights, including those with the incredible Singdam, the last one with the George Muzakutis, and Craig gives his thoughts on the other semi-final. His words for his next opponent, Natty Dodds, who won his fight in an impressive manner. We touch on the Jake Paul Anderson silver fight, and we also talk about what is important and what matters most to Craig. I'm your host, Ski Hung, on our continuing mission to help as many people as possible organically. If you enjoy the conversation and benefit from it, share it with someone and pay it forward. Also visit mindfulnews.uk for all of our podcasts, powerful video clips, and our growing library of free guided meditations. So first of all, thank you. Thank you, Craig, for doing this. You know, it's been fun watching your fights over the years. And so, you know, with big things coming your way, you know, to have an opportunity just to grab some of your thoughts and share some of your insights. It's, you know, it's really exciting for us. So thank you. No problem at all, mate. Just very quickly, did you did you catch any of the Jake Paul Anderson Silver fight last night? I didn't. I just seen uh, I seen the highlights. I was yeah. well in bed by one o'clock. Uh, mm-hmm. I seen the highlight this morning. I only seen the knockdown, but uh, by the looks of it, it's saying that it was probably a bit of a robbery, maybe. Oh really? Okay. I see a lot of people saying that. Anyways, uh, I don't know. I haven't seen it myself, so I can't say. Mm-hmm. Does that kind of celebrity event does that excite you, or does it do the opposite? A bit both. Like, yeah. So it excites me to see that like the sport is grown. Well, combat is grown in these mm-hmm. type of ways that like there's bigger pushes getting put in, and like there's more eyes getting put on the sport. But it's annoying in a, in a way that. Like I've gave a good bit of my life to this sport and like we're not getting paid nowhere near what these lads are going to be paid. These lads are what they're fighting for the laugh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Where the fighters like us that are grafting most of our lives and we don't actually see money come from it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Does boxing excite you? Because I know that you have the boxing beginning, right? But then... Yeah. Then you ventured a bit into jujitsu, and before yeah. you found your way into, into Muay Thai. Muay Thai, yeah. Does a boxing fight card does that does that excite you? I definitely. It'd be something that I, I'd I'd like to try. I've always said I'd like to uh, have an MMA fight as well. But yeah, no, it does. I like 
I, I even like I, like I love watching like boxing fights. Like Lamachenko was on last night as well. I'll watch that later today. But uh, I'd definitely be interested in fighting boxing at some stage as well. Okay, so let's take it back a bit then. Um, can you share a little bit about your youth and your upbringing, just to help us understand a little bit about the man that you are today? Yeah, uh, well, I grew up in uh, Dublin One, which is Dublin city centre. Uh, it's a rough enough place, like it's no tenement houses, like fucking flats and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. It, it's just made up of like loads of flats. So it's usually like, like especially times like this, like on Halloween, like, like we, have, we have bonfire. You know, we always have like a bonfire and mm-hmm. yeah. we have like a, a bonfire at Halloween time. So like a lot of kids would go out and they'd collect wood and they'd collect tours and that. And it, it turns into like little like hood bars, we'd say, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you, We'd go into your neighborhood and try and steal your wood and be fighting and stuff like that. But uh, it, it is like there's a good sense of community. That's why you see a lot of people travel with me to when I fight. You know what I mean? Like you don't see a lot of Irish fighters bringing numbers like like what I bring. That's just because of the sense of community that like these places bring as well. But uh, my upbringing is really the same as you have that sense of community. But it is also like it, it's tough. So it, it's like you, you would get bullied in this type of areas or if you're not a bullied person, like I think it's just like anyone's upbringing really, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's, there's places in England that I'm sure are like that as well. But uh, I had a normal childhood, I good upbringing. Uh, I ventured into boxing when I was about 12, 13, trying for a couple of years and that. Wasn't seeing too many good results, so I ended up leaving. Was getting myself into a bit of bother and skill was borderline getting thrown out of skill. My older brother was like, "Right, you're gonna have to do something with yourself. You have to stop all this." Sent me into a jiu-jitsu, uh, into a jiu-jitsu class. Really, really got into that. Spent about two or three years doing jiu-jitsu. Transitioned over because I wanted to uh, wanted to get good striking because I wanted to fight MMA. Ended up finding uh, a little Muay Thai gym in the area that I lived in at the time. Uh, I was walking by and I could just hear, ah, 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 ah. <laughs> So I was like, what is this? Stuck the head in the door, seeing people kick passes. So I got really into that then. I'd say I was about 17 when I started toy boxing, 18 maybe, and just took on from there. And did your brother join you in the Muay Thai Yeah, 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 journey. he did. We as well started off together in mixed martial arts, jiu-jitsu. Then when I went to Muay Thai, he was saying that I was getting good results in that. So he was like, okay, well, I'll come do this with you. He had a couple of fights. Now he's older than I am. I think he's six years older than I am. So he couldn't really invest himself into it as much as I wanted to anyways. So uh, he had a full-time job as well. He's a toiler, so he couldn't actually invest. But we've always kind of been into martial arts and into combat, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And being an older brother, like, has he always kind of been your protector then? And your, um, Not you know, really, no. no? Uh, he'd be the one to give me the slaps, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> no, we would, yeah. Yes and no. Uh, if I say he was getting into trouble, yeah, he'd try and put me straight. But uh, on the, the flip side, if I, if I was being bullied or anything like that, or like I was getting into fights or anything like that and I was losing he'd, he'd give me a good clap and he'd say you go out there and fight again you know what I mean or else I'm going to kill you like that type of thing you know what I mean so that pushed me as well so I think that's where I get my mentality from mm-hmm. So has he been very much like a role model for you and how, how, what is that relationship like with your brother? 
Yeah, no, he, he he has been my role model. He's been like a father to me as well. Uh, me and his relationship, he, he would be one of my best friends. We've a younger brother as well. So the three of us, mm-hmm. my younger brother fights as well. So I'd say he will be the next big thing. He does MMA though. So yeah. he's gone down a, a different route as well. But uh, yeah, we three of us would be really, really close. So, you, you know, you talk about this, you know, struggling at school and college and then eventually choosing a path that took you into combat and to fighting versus the academic route. Yeah. You know, why was that? And, you know, at what point in your life what was that pivotal moment that, that you decided, right, the academic route is not for me. It's got, I'm yeah. going to be pursuing this. When I was in school, uh, I, on this, well, I am dyslexic. I, I'm dyslexic. So I've always had kind of difficulty learning, but skills sometimes, like not all skills are good. Some skills, like it, it is kind of like, Teachers talk down to you and they ridicule you a little bit in, in ways, you know what I mean? Not all the time. Now, I, I had my moments. I wouldn't have been the greatest of a student. But uh, I got ended up getting thrown out of school at, at 17 just before me leaving, sir. I got into a fight and there was a bit of a scuffle and I ended up hitting a teacher as well. So they sent me. Like, I got, oh, you hit a teacher? Okay. Yeah, right. but it was accidental. It was, it was accidental. <laughs> it was, it was, I was in a fight and a teacher was trying to separate it. Uh, okay, yeah. And uh, got thrown out of school, went into what is called FOSS. It's like education. It's like after education, if you don't, if you can't do mm-hmm. it in school, you get, you get paid to be there. So like it's in like a little incentive to go. Tried mm-hmm. to do me leaving cert. There, again, was struggling majorly because I just, I was very close-minded with education as well. So then I uh, found they done a sports course so I've done uh, me level three and level four in fitness and education. So learning to become a gym instructor. The force I was in was actually a really good force. They ended up getting me into a college then after that. And uh, it forced, I think, three months in college. I, I was like, I was training for fights. I, I was coming up to, I think it was me first title fight. I fought for Four Nations title in England mm-hmm. against Jack Maguire. If you know him, mm-hmm. this was a long, long time ago. And uh, my training was starting to suffer a little bit because of the walk in college starting to pick up. So then I was like, well, I'm going to have to choose whether I want to do this or whether I want to do that. So I ended up obviously choosing the real of combat. And, you know, I, I refer to you know some of the earlier documentaries, you know, as I've been scouring through and doing a bit of research and the, you know, you know what was your mother's reaction to this because I know she's you know a massive fan of yours yeah, she wasn't happy she wasn't because she, she probably has some high hopes right you know yeah. so what was her, her you know reaction then uh, as you're taking this fight career and because I know she you know the way that she prays for you and her worry you, yeah. when you fight and from then and perhaps the evolution to now now that yeah, you, you know yeah. you know with the MTGP world title and stuff how has that changed for her if if any uh, majorly, majorly. But yeah, my ma at the start, my ma was like, it, it's a great hobby for you to have, Craig. You know what I mean? Like, it keeps your head down, keeps you out of trouble. You're not around the streets, you're not around right. the flats anymore. So at the start, I was like, yeah, that's great. But when I left college, that changed. Uh, she wasn't quite happy with me. She, she was like, well, like, like, you're not going to make it of this, Craig. Like, do you really think you're going to go far? So she didn't think that you would, you had a possibility of making a career out of this. It's not that she didn't think that I wouldn't go far. It was just like C-class fighters get paid what hundred euro, two hundred euro. You know what I mean? Yeah. We get paid like ridiculous. Like it's bad what like you start off with in this sport. So she was saying that, and she was like, 
like, like there's no money there for you, Craig. Like, you're living off buttons type of thing, you know what I mean? There's, go out and get a job or finish your sports and education course yeah. and try and get a job as a PT. Mm. Do it that way. I was me, I was very stubborn. Uh, I'd be like, nah, I just want to train. I just want to train. I just want to train. Because when I went in and trained, it, it just got me mind off things and I was yeah. just enjoying myself, you know what I mean? I wasn't, mm-hmm. I wasn't a burden to me. I, I was enjoying my life. Everything was good for me. Then, obviously, after a while, she started saying that when I went to A class, I started getting paid a little bit more. And she was like, okay, you probably could make something of this. And she was saying that, obviously, I was doing well. Yeah. Then, obviously, when I started getting fights overseas a good bit, she was like, okay, this is starting to go somewhere. So, uh, our attitude changed, obviously, after a while. And now she says that, like, I could actually make a living off this, like, a good living off this. Mm. Yeah, well, so the documentary about you from 2016, who, who put that together for you? Uh, a, a guy, Carl Green, his name was, uh, mm. he's actually, he actually died, to be honest. Really? Yeah, he, he committed suicide. Sorry to hear that. I mean, I love introspection and seeing, you know, where people come from and how the story's put together. And I know doing a video thing myself, how difficult it is. So, yeah, okay, yeah very sorry to hear that. Very sorry, yeah. He's a good lad. He had yeah. good talent as well. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, in, in honor of him, you know, a wonderful documentary made. But, you know, since then, you're now a father. Yeah. Right? And not only that, but you've gotten more into the coaching yeah. aspect of not like a teacher, right? So now giving back. How different is life as a parent, uh, you know, uh, and as a coach? And, and what has that done to your drive to be a fighter? Did that boost it up? Did it now I've got more priorities than that? How has that affected you? Uh, no, it's definitely boosted it. Uh, it makes me want to work harder because I know it's not just me anymore. You know what I mean? It's like this life isn't just for me anymore. It's someone to provide for now. So that is a whole different motivation. Like you can be motivated to fight and you can be motivated to want to win. But when you have someone there to do a for, it's completely different. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, you know, you mentioned earlier a second one on the way. On the way, yeah. Congratulations. And, um, thanks very much. The, the, the due date is in. March. In March. Yeah. Okay. So um do you know the um is it too early to tell? No, we actually only found out the gender yesterday. Uh, really? So, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another baby girl. Another baby girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's quite interesting how, you know, a lot of masculine and you know, male fighters you tend to have to have girls. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well well congratulations on the second one. Um, Thank you. Thanks very much. So how does that change your outlook on life? Yes, it's dead. Look, having another baby. Yeah. It's making me realise that I'm probably going to have to win this tournament <laughs> just to uh, provide for them all. Yeah. Uh, no, uh, no, it's the same, really. Yeah. Uh, gives me daughter, a sibling. The, the motivation stays the same. I have to work for my family. It's not just for me. You know what I mean? Yes. Very so, less selfish, yeah. You know, yeah, being a father yeah. of two myself, you know, before it was all about me. Yeah, yeah. But then, yeah, you're forced into this new world where it's like, wow, it's all actually, it's all about the kids. But it's, it's yeah. lovely that they're being a great motivator for you and an inspiration. No, it definitely is. So I rewatched the the fight so against uh, Singdam, you know, where you put on a wonderful performance. Uh, didn't go your way in yeah. the end, but, you know, a massive occasion. And it was in Ireland for the Diamond Belt. What what do you make of that fight looking back at it? You know, and maybe can you help to explain how the decision came about, right? Because it sometimes it's not easy as a spectator unless you're you know, if you're not really an expert and not only an expert, but understanding the nuances of how fights are scored. And you know, can you explain that for us? We can. Uh 
So that was my first kind of big, big test in competition. Like, the like Singnam was the first toy I fought, and mm-hmm. what a toy to fight for your first time, you know what I mean? One of the best to ever do it. Uh, probably one of the best of our generation. So, uh, coming into that fight, we were, it was explained to us that WBC real set is not the same as Muay Thai scoring. So, it, it was explained, it's basically scored like K1. Everything that is thrown with effect scores mm-hmm. so it's not mm-hmm. just kicks with effect score better than punches or score better than this Muay Thai is usually based around effect yeah so if you land a shot on me and it doesn't really affect me it doesn't really score mm-hmm. now in saying that there's certain weapons that you can use that score more than others like a knee and a kick scores better than punches mm-hmm. yep. so WBC claimed that their scoring is any shot with effect is scored. So it can be punches, it can be kicks, it can be sweeps, whatever. So going into the fight, we like I my thought was I'm gonna need a finish to win this fight. Then when we were told about the, the real set and the score, and we were like, okay, that actually favours me. Because I, I know I can push the pace and I know I can put pressure on them and I know I can land hands. Yeah. Which is what I done. We went in, we kind of changed uh, a couple of things around that we were gonna do. Before the fight we were going in, it was elbow and knee for me, yeah. That's my style. That was my style. That's what I like to do. I was going to try get a big cut maybe and get a stoppage that way. Then when we were told that, that the score has changed, I, I was right. Box, put pressure on, mm-hmm. which is what we done. I thought I pushed the pace. I thought I won the fight. But regardless of what happens, there's no point in crying over spilled milk. You know what I mean? It was, it was a big, big step up in competition for me. Yes. And I proved that I belong in there. You definitely, yeah. Win or lose, that was a massive, massive boost in your, yeah, you know. My confidence, you know what I mean? And for my career. Uh, again, he is one of the all-time greats and I pushed him to the final bell. Yeah. You didn't get the, the win, but you must have felt, you know, a massive sense of achievement. Your camp yeah. must have felt, you know, really proud of how you performed, right? Definitely. Then after that, it was like, we could fight anyone. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you got a very unique style. You know, what is it about your style, in your opinion, that differentiates you from others? You know, for me personally, I love you know, the way that you mix in your elbows. Well, I mean, I love yeah, a fighter that can use those effectively. But what is it? What What do you think is your unique attributes? My adaptability, I think, is one of my biggest attributes. Like, again, you're seeing... If you see me fight against Panicus, it's front foot pressure, elbow, yes. knee. If you if you watched me last fight, it was back foot box, take angles, move. Yeah. So I can adapt to situations. You know what I mean? I, I can adapt to fighters. I, I can change my style within a fight if I need to. I think that is one of my biggest attributes. But uh, I think the reason why I'm like is because I, I am always looking to finish, and I'm always gonna put on a fight. I'm not there just to try and score, or just to hold out around. Do you know what I mean? Yes. I'm always looking to win. Now, a lot of thing, a big thing with fighters is they're concerned more about losing than they are about winning the fight. You know what I mean? So they're trying more not to lose than actually to win. Yes. Do you understand what I'm saying? Exactly. Yeah. Rather than scared, just trying to play the game to get the win versus being their true authentic state, being your authentic Rather self. Than yeah. Going out there and doing what they need to do to win, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And putting yeah. like like one entertainers, you know what I mean? But yeah. we're out there to put a shot on for the fans. Yeah. That's my attitude towards it. Like regardless, win, lose, or draw, I go in and I give everything. Yes. Yeah. And I think that is why I, I have such a big fan base and I am liked all around the board. 
Indeed. This podcast is sponsored by Be Present Coaching, upskilling business professionals with mindfulness tools. Check out bepresent.uk for more information on corporate courses and guided mind exercises. So before we move on to some of the, the, the one championship stuff, you know, another controversial loss was back in 2020 against George Muzakitis. I only bring that up because he is one of the, you know, now semi-finalists yeah, in, yeah, yeah. In, in this tournament. Well, I believe that that, that fight has been overthrown. Yeah. I believe. I, but we were told that the fight was overthrown with me and him. What do you mean? So the decision has been overthrown. I was told. Really? Yeah. Well, how, 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 how recently? I think it was just after COVID. Okay, well, because your reaction was very clear immediately, you know, when they announced. I think you know, most people's was, even if you read comments on the videos or anything like that. Yeah. Well, so just very quickly, you know, what do you, what is your prediction then? You know, George is, is up against Nathan Bendham. Yeah. Uh, in, in the opposite, in the, in the other bracket, in the other semi final to you. Yeah. Well, you know, what, what, what are your thoughts on that, on that fight? And, you know, what do you think the out- outcome is going to be? If right, so I'm not going to base fights on the last fights because uh, it's hard to judge fights off one fight, you know what I mean? But I think George's style is the score, you know what I mean? He, he likes to play the game over Muay Thai. Now, he's really good at that. He, he is good. He, he kicks well, he moves well. But I think with the four-ounce gloves, it changes that. And this, the real set is different also for the uh, four-ounce gloves. It's global real set. So that means it's not scored like Muay Thai anymore as well. It, it's basically what I've explained for WBC. It's the same kind of okay. thing. It's based on effect, hand score, same. And it's based over a round, not over a fight. So if you, you win each round by round, you don't win it over a fight, yeah? Mm-hmm. So... Uh, I think Bendon's style suits that better because Bendon's boxing is good as well. Bendon will try sit in the pocket with George and he, I think he's going to go to the body a lot. George would be a good bit longer than Bendon. He'd try to keep the range and kick. But if Bendon gets on inside, I think he, he might drop him on a body shot at some stage. From fighting George, I, I know he is hittable. You know what I mean? I know he can land hands on him. His boxing defense is like he leans back off hands. You know what I mean? Which is very, very dangerous in four ounce gloves. So, I see Bendon going through, but again, anything can happen in these gloves. Like, anything can happen. So, I'm not going to count George out. How did you adapt to the four-ounce gloves? You know, is that something that you welcomed? Is it something? Because I know you took a couple of hits as well against Kim. Mm. You know, what's the feeling like, you know, being so used to to be with the larger gloves, you know, shrink down to to the four-ounce gloves? How much of a shock is that? That was my fifth fight in four ounce gloves. So we had, there was a promotion in Ireland called Cage Kings that uh, ran for a while. I, I had four, I was actually the Irish champion of Cage Kings. So okay. I've had four fights in them before Muay Thai Grand Prix set that up. So I was, I was adjusted to them before and I adjusted well to them again. Uh, obviously Kim, Kim was an aggressive fighter. He wasn't there at the Lewis, you know what I mean? He he was there at the win. He has a KO win over Benton. So mm-hmm. I knew he was going to come forward and try to take my head off. Obviously, obviously I'm going to get some shots are going to sneak through. Yeah. I'm fairly lucky. My defense is really good. My boxing defense is really good. I've good head movement. I've good footwork. So I knew if I, I was picking my shots and, and angling off that... Uh, I wouldn't take too much damage. Yeah. Obviously, I, I took a big shot in the last round that like, busted me nose. That that was kind of the most significant shot of the fight for him. Yeah. Uh, but 
I think the soil suits me. Like, I think all these lads are going to try play my toy in these gloves. Natty didn't either, so my fight with him will be interesting over that. He's, he's He adjusted well to the, to the gloves as well. He knows that you can't play yeah. behind them. You can't just sit back and kick. So uh, I don't know. I think, realistically, I think my style suits the best. Yeah. I'm not going to stand in front of you and tap my leg. You know what I mean? I'm yeah. going to be trying to put angles. I'm going to be switching my stance and I'm going to be hitting you from both stances. Yeah. Well, so speaking of Natty, you know, we didn't really get to see much of him back in Liverpool. Yeah. You know, it was a, it was a very impressive, yeah, definitely. You know, use of elbows and hands, uh, yeah, boxing. And, and hands, yeah. You know, so having seen that and you know knowing Natty throughout the years, what are your expectations going into this fight? You know, what what are your 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 thoughts on that? I don't want to give too much away, but I think he's going to be confident uh, getting a big knockout after his last fight. I think he might try to come out fast. I think if he comes out fast, he might run on to a shot. Mm-hmm. Again, I can adapt. I don't know if he can. I've plenty of tools. Like I can kick, I can move, I can box, I can clinch, I can elbow, I can knee. So I just think I've too many tools in the box. But again, anyone can get caught in them gloves. Four ounce gloves change dynamic of fight. So I'm going to be realistic as well in saying that mm-hmm. I have to be careful. I know I have to be careful. I know he's explosive. I know he hits hard. Mm-hmm. And I know he's going to p- try put pressure on. Yes. So that is my thought. That's your thought. Well, you know, any words or any message? Fanati. Fanati leading up to this fight, yeah? Well, just trying well and come prepared. Uh, he's a nice young player. I wouldn't be wanting to smack talk anybody, but I am very confident in myself and I do believe I'm going to win the tournament. Not just beat Natty, I'm going to beat everybody. You know what I mean? And I'm going to do it in style. Did you follow one championship much? You know, do you... Yeah, yeah, no, I've I've been watching it since probably six, four, three or four years now. Yeah. Yeah. So what were your thoughts when, you know, when MTGP teamed up with one championship and then when the call came, you know? My thought was my hand was up the whole time. I I, I was ready (laughs) for the call, you know what I mean? Yeah. I was just after turning their world champion, so there was no way that they could not use me, you know what I mean? Mm. But uh, no, it was very, very good to get the opportunity often. I am very, very, very grateful at the end of the day for the opportunity. Yeah. Like it is, it's a life-changing opportunity for whoever wins, you know what I mean? Yeah. So how how does it feel? Because now this, you know, the win in Liverpool has now set up there this next fight for you back at the O2, you know, somewhere where you're pretty familiar with now. Yeah. Do, you, do you enjoy coming down to London, you know, and at, at the O2? Is that something that that excites you? Yeah, no, I love London. But sure, after the fight in London, it was like a little Ireland, you know what I mean? Everyone screaming, ole, 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 Irish yeah. flags flying in crowds. So, yeah, it's like a second home now. Hopefully it remains like a second home. I know that he's from uh, London mm-hmm. as well. He's from Essex, Sydney. Uh, yeah. But uh, let's see, you fucking, the Irish fans are they're very loud and they're very proud. So we, we will make the out here into it a little uh, a little Ireland, we will. No, I, I literally can't wait. And, you know, we're almost less than, what, two weeks away now? Two weeks out, two weeks yesterday. Yeah. So what what is the, the mindset for you? And, you know, in a fight camp, what are some of the challenges that usually are, you know, the most, the strongest for you? Field, uh, field would probably be my biggest challenge. I like to eat, you know what I mean? Mm. Uh, gaining weight and fluctuating and weight between fights oh. is, I wouldn't be like a Paddy Pimley, you know what I mean? I wouldn't be going up late and 40 <laughs> kilo or what yeah, have you, yeah, but like, I, yeah. I like to enjoy my field. I'd go up a, a bit of weight. Now, 
the one championship hydrating it does change that you, you, you have to come down naturally more so than cutting yeah. big loads away during a fight camp so it's requires a little bit more diet than you're probably used to mm-hmm. so that would be my biggest challenge but for other people it'd be obviously trying to yeah. stay away from clubs and staying away from stuff like that the party and what have you as you might know yourself once you have kids all that goes out the window so it's a distant memory that is a distant yeah. memory yeah but I know you, you mentioned a bit of the old pasta and some of the carbs oh. that, that you I, me field, me field is me, me biggest <laughs> indulgence, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, I like to eat cakes, are probably my weakness as well. Cakes really? and cookies, mm-hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. I have an awful sweet tilt, I do. Do you do anything vis a vis training the mind? You know, is it something that you're just naturally, you know, because you always seem to be enjoying it, you always seem very confident. Is that something that you work on, or is it something that you find just? I think it comes with again where I come from, like again. Growing up in like a rough enough area, you're either gonna get bullied or stuff like that. You know what I mean? So I think like having like a bulletproof mindset comes from that. Yeah, having early fights where it was you know fighting, it was it wasn't fighting for points, right? It was it was it was street fighting. Yeah, yes, people trying to jump on your head or other stuff like that. Like yeah, I've been in a, a good few fights outside of the ring as well, but it's not something to blame brag about. Do you know what I mean? No, it wouldn't yeah. be. Proud of all that, but uh, I think that's what it certainly helps, though, right? In it that, it does, does, does again, it, it gives you a different mentality mm-hmm. like that. That's why I'm always confident again. And I'm, the way I train, we put a lot, a lot, a lot hard work into this, you know what I mean? So, why not be confident about what you do? Yeah, well, just a couple more questions, and, and you know, thanks again for, for, take, for taking the, the time to do this. Um, what is you know, what is a fighter? To you, how would you define what a fighter is? Uh, someone that goes in and puts that heart on the line, regardless whether they win, they lose, or they draw. It's just someone that gives a hundred percent effort. It's a lifestyle. It's not just something you come and do. It's you can't half ass fight. You know what I mean? You can't be halfway in, halfway out. If you're gonna do this seriously, you have to live the lifestyle. You have to eat right, sleep right, train right. You need like those aspects of your life need to be in order. Now, you see a lot of fighters that they go out and they party and they want to do this and they want to act like this. Now, I do think a big part of that is the McGregor effect, you know what I mean? Not the partying part, but talking and stuff like that. And now we're seeing different types of fighters come onto this, onto the scenes where they want to talk more than they actually want to fight. They're doing it for profile pictures type thing, you know what I mean? But my whole motto has been the guy fought Anyone that has been put in front of me, regardless of where I fought them, I've actually fought more times in people's backyards than I have in Ireland. You know what I mean? I fought yeah. Rafi Balfage in Paris. And like, who does that type of shit? Uh, so a real fighter is just someone that lays the heart in the line, regardless of when lose or draw for me. Yeah, very well said. Uh, and final question, what matters most to you? My family. I love fighting and this will, like, this is the end all of all for me. But yeah, family means more than anything in life, you know what I mean? Not just as in my daughters, my girlfriend, but as in my brothers, my mother, my family, you know what I mean? I 100% do. Well said. And um, it's just the more I find out about you and your your past and the upbringing, like the more excitement this builds for, for your up, for upcoming fight. 
on the 12th of November again at the O2 Indigo. So I wish you all the best in your final preparations for that. You know, thank you. I know the food's going to be a bit of struggle, but I've, you know, it's it's well, I need to get two more weeks and I can enjoy what I want. So <laughs> yeah, we'll so, get. yeah, I want to say all the best with all the best with that, and you know, we will be catching up ringside following the the fights. Hopefully, uh, uh, a post fight win interview. <laughs> indeed, indeed. All right. Well, all the best and good luck with the rest of your preparation. Thanks for having me, bro. Yeah. Thank you. Enjoy the rest of your day, bro. Yeah. I will do. I will do. Speak soon. Thanks for making it this far and showing your support and love to the podcast. A big thanks again to Be Present Coaching for their support. Find out more about their masterclass mindfulness courses and free guided meditations at bepresent.uk. Bepresent.uk. I'm your host, Guy, and this is the Mindful News Podcast. If you've taken away something from today's episode, please go ahead and share the link with a friend. Until next week. <laughs>